The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And joining us, um, we have actor... And I believe, just want to double check my sources before I go any further. Uh, you've done film producing, by looking at this correct? Um, yeah, uh, actually, the uh, project, well, a project that um, that is in the works, I haven't quite uh, been a, pro- it's, I'm a producer on it, but we haven't actually started filming on it yet. So yeah, I actually am a producer on a project coming up. Okay. And that voice you're hearing is Dale Nyhouse? You're very close. Uh, that I'll take that. Uh, it's actually Kneehouse, but very Kneehouse. Close. Okay. So how's everyone doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Considering. Um, I, I will say I have not hit a time clock in a month and a day. <laughs> Man, it's hard to keep track of the time and the days that way, too, I bet, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> it's all merging together. I bet. Um, so... I know you've got a couple of different projects coming up. Um, yes. Tell us about uh, the one that's coming up the soonest, hopefully. Um, let's see. Well, I think I told you guys about the one that I I finished up on that that is finishing up. So I'll I'll mention that later. Uh, the I'd say the next closest one that I am doing is that um, fan film Freddy versus Jason Dreamskate. I believe that's the the very next one that's lined up, if I'm correct. Okay. Um, well, basically what that is, it's going to be filming out in Eastern Tennessee, uh, and it's a fan film and it's, uh, it was written, the script was written by Joshua Adams, who is playing Freddy Krueger in that very talented, uh, actor. Uh, and then it's being directed by, uh, Cody Huskins, who has been acting since he was a, a kid. And he also is a Jason Voorhees cosplay character. Uh, he's, I want to say he's at least 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and massive, like just very, the in, perfect uh, intimidating look for Jason, like right, right around the size of Kane Otter. So it'll be a really uh-huh. good, uh, perfect portrayal of him. He, uh, oh, wow. he actually knows everything about, he, in fact, he plays every time he does a live video podcast, um, a video stream, he'll have the Friday 13th part three music playing in the background. That's just how he is. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> And it's uh, the executive producer is a award winning author, uh, Blake Best. He wrote um, several different books on on the uh, Nightmare series. 
Uh, he actually knows some of the cast members that are on number four. And um, he actually has written an award-winning book called Razor's Edge, which is a Freddy origin story. He um, He's an executive producer on the fan film, and he's also a consultant on the nightmare side of it, Freddy's uh, character. So it's um, basically taking place uh, right when Freddy and Jason are in, in hell. And through a series of events, um, Jason's brought back to life by some idiots, which I play one of them. Um, so, yeah, I get to play a, a backwoods idiot that just happens to bring Jason back. Um, <coughs> but uh, then, of course, Freddy always has his claws or hands or whatever you want to betray into it. So it it's um, they're raising funds for right now, but it's actually a full length feature uh, fan film that um, is going to be made. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a, a full length feature, like uh, ninety minutes, um, and it's they're going to raising funds to uh, be able to put some, bring out some DVDs of it. But since it's a fan film, it's not nonprofit, so they're not making a profit off of this. They can't obviously, otherwise it's uh, since they're using the names, uh, it would go against copyright rules. But since they're not using a profit, then they can go ahead and, and do that since it's a fan film. Uh, so that's the Nick, the Nick closest one that's filming uh, after the COVID-19 thing is over with. And um, so that would be the very next project. So that that's looking very promising. In fact, it's the script is amazing. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be a fun one to film, I think. How nice. how did you uh, get cast for this film? Um, a. Uh, friend of mine, um, Heather Richardson, had actually had told me that they were casting on uh, – it was actually on Facebook where I seen it. Um, and so I got in contact with the, the director. Uh, actually, I got in contact with the writer of it, uh, 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 Joshua, and, um, and then also Cody and then Blake. And, and Joshua sent me a script for the two roles that they had that I could have played because um, a good friend of mine who's playing the lead, he's also from Oklahoma. His name is Spencer Trammell. And, um, so that's like a 17 year old, but, um, I couldn't play that, but they had two roles open. It was, uh, for two friends that by chance are idiots in it that, uh, bring Jason back to life. So, um, I auditioned for both and, um, see my videos in, and of course the one was drinking a beer. So of course I had a beer in the audition, um, at home, of course, you know, and, um, did it really well. And then I did the other role, which had a little bit more screen time. They loved my audition for both of them so well that they gave me the bigger part out of the two. And um, and so just like that, I sent the audition in and uh, they liked it so much that they cast me right off the spot. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you, you weren't afraid there was a little typecasting at all? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, OK, well, like, I actually maybe it's a little bit because um the uh the bald head kind of uh makes me kind of look like the old uh redneck kind of in a sense and i grew up in southern indiana so you know i've already talked to kind of from redneckish um but uh and i do love drinking beer so i guess in a way maybe a little typecast you know i, I did you know it, it was fun though i actually enjoyed uh playing some backwoods idiot because it, it's just fun for some reason it's fun just pretending to be like the idiot i don't know why it's just it's so much fun Maybe I'm not <laughs> pretending, but we'll see. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's almost it, it's almost like the the uh, you listen to pro wrestlers and they talk about I'd much rather be a heel, yeah, than a face if if I get the chance because heel you could do so much more and it's just so much easier to do. It is. It's so much. I love playing the bad guy. It's so much because you can have so much more fun with it because 
the, the good guy, I mean, typically the good guy, everybody knows who the good guy is. And the bad guy, you can, like with other roles too, um, you can end up being, you know, like a good guy in the beginning or like, you know, hey, just an average show. And then surprisingly, hey, guess what? He's got 30 bodies hiding in the freezer. You just never know, you know? Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> 30 bodies. Well. That sounds like a good story. <laughs> Damn, that does sound like a good story. Okay. I need to quit giving good ideas away because <laughs> – well, that uh, I'd be uh, lay off something off of COVID nineteen probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's COVID nineteen that finally kills off Jason and Freddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, they may kill off Freddy and Jason, but they won't kill off Keith Richards. Nothing's going to kill that son of a gun. I, I love, yeah, no I love, kidding. I love the memes that say if Betty White and Keith Richards die from COVID nineteen, we nuke China. <laughs> And then, oh, yeah. then I've heard the other one, Keith Richards and Betty White will be shot into space so they can repopulate the world. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd want to live in that world. I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, wow. Well, ooh, I don't know about that. Scary, well, you know, yeah, scary that's, thoughts. That's scary. You know, well, you know, Betty White yeah, is a badass, but definitely. I mean, yeah. Keith Richards, oh, that mm. poor, that dude's been through some hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, it, it, almost, it almost goes back to the, um, what was it, The Simpsons, why Mr. Burns can't die. It's the Three Stooges syndrome. All the germs are trying to get through the door at the same time, and it keeps the door up. <laughs> I love that three stooges syndrome. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> so um, now you're also doing uh, another project that's a parody of the the Friday series called Friday the the thirteen third thirteen third thirteen No, uh, that confused me at first, but I was actually informed it's Friday the third 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 third. Okay. Yeah, it, it, the name itself already makes you wonder, like, WTF, you know, what the freak. Um, I like I, that. Um, yeah, that one is actually it's, it's a really fun project. Um, the, actually, what's funny is the lead in Friday, uh, Freddy vs. Jason Dreamskate is actually the one that wrote that parody. Uh, and he's actually – he's still in high school, actually. The kid's extremely talented. His name is Spencer Trammell. Uh, but basically, this is going um, back to Crystal Lake um, during the 80s, of course. And the character's name isn't Jason, it's Josh. And um, But it goes along, and it's uh, my character is the actual like person that owns the camp. And he wants everything to be perfect, so positive type. But then he's also one of those types, too, that breaks down like crying, you know, like when things go completely awry or whatever. So, you know, I've kind of go from being like a kind of like the the tougher guy role to the kind of the sissy role so it'd be kind of a fun one but uh <laughs> it's uh it's got some comedy in it it's kind of a slasher slapstick and it's got all uh, characters in that are just is funny and then it's got like a guy playing you know the jason character named josh and he actually talks in it too which is kind of hilarious um, so that one will actually be filmed in uh, Oklahoma, and it's made by uh, Oklahoma actors, written by Oklahoma. It's basically all Oklahoma main, made, and uh, it's um, it's just kind of one of those like passion projects that my buddy Spencer 
is putting together and, and all of us are volunteering our time to, to make it happen because the kid's going to go places. So I, uh, it's going to be a fun little project. In fact, my, uh, 10 year old and my 17 year old are actually going to be in it with me as well as like kids that are going to camp. And, uh, of course my 10 year old is, oh, wow. uh, definitely obnoxious to my 17 year old already and their characters is exactly the same. So it'll be fun to see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, um, I'm assuming with Oklahoma, that's where you're based out of? Yes, yes. I'm actually, uh, I live in Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, I used to live close to there. Oh, really? I used to live in Edmond. Oh, Edmond. Yes, yes. I've actually got some uh, good friends of mine that live up in Edmond. It's a nice little town. Edmond's a... Yeah, Edmonds about it's about the same size as Norman, you think, or bigger? Uh, about the same size until college. Well, yeah, till till Sooner Nation files in for for fall semesters. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I hope this next year, or whatever that goes, okay with everything going on. Yeah. So yeah. So when you say military, were you at Tinker? No, um, I served National Guard. I was uh, just uh, one week in a month, uh, two weeks over the summer type of deal. Um, I did um, four and a half years in Indiana and then a year and a half in Oklahoma when I moved out here in 2015. Okay. Um, so you, you weren't uh, Air Force, Army? I was Army National Guard. Okay. So that would be uh, what? You would work out SIL or SIL? Uh, no, actually, um, when I came to Oklahoma, I lived in Norman, so I just was attached to the uh, headquarters unit, Norman. Okay. Uh, field artillery is okay. what I was part of. So hence why I have my uh, wonderful um, selective hearing is my, you know, the, the missus always had called it. <laughs> I had that referred to as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of that was because of the hearing loss, but I think part of it was too because it was just what I chose to hear, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We all do. At least you have an excuse. True. Yeah, I guess we'll go with that. Did you, did you say not? something, Derek? <laughs> what are you guys what? talking about over there? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess tell us about Hunting Jessica, which is coming out uh, in November. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. Um, basically, Hunting Jessica, uh, it's it's being produced. Uh, production production company is called uh, Ramon Martin Film Productions. Uh, and it's being directed by a wonderful lady, uh, Lisa Lee Martin. Um, her and her brother, Austin, actually are musicians in a band that actually travel all over. Um, they've been all over the world. And so um, they've actually went over and done the advertising and marketing over in Europe for this. And they've, wow. got, a local, they've got a fan base all over Europe for this already. It's looking good. Um, but basically the, the premise around this, uh, the fans of True Blood, I think, will really uh, be drawn to this. Because oh. it, it all starts, cool. well, like in True Blood, they had Soki in there. And um, this one, it's about a girl named Jessica. And she works at a local bar in a very small town in Oklahoma. It's a made-up town, uh, the name is. It's called Devil's Bend in, uh, in, in that story. And so she basically just lives up there, works, and she is part of, like, a small community of people and thinks it's just a small town, you know. And then she really, really quickly finds out that there is so much to her world that is about to explode and both of excitement and danger. It's got, like, vampires. It's got these creatures called hellhounds, which are equivalent of, like, werewolves. And and then some other various people. And uh, so it just completely just explodes out from there it's uh got a lot of you know it's a supernatural so it's got a mix of horror 
uh, mythology, um, just adrenaline rushing. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, we are about once this whole thing finished up with COVID nineteen, they've got literally a week left of filming to do, and then they're done with season one. So oh, wow. we're that close. We're that close, and um, there there's still negotiations on where it's going to stream to, um, but it's also going to come out on DVD. So just be on the lookout for Honey Jessica coming. Fingers crossed, November of 2020. Awesome. Sounds so how, you know, that same question again, how'd you get involved or brought into this project? Um, well, that's funny again, because a friend of mine uh, who actually is on the show as well had um, basically was talking about um, how he had like, yeah, I'm going to this audition. And um, I didn't hear about it until um, they, the kind of the day of it. So I couldn't physically go. So I e- emailed the director and I said, hey, look, I, I love the idea for the project, the way it sounds. I would like to know if there is still any room left to audition for this, if you have any roles. And so she's like, yeah, just send me an audition of you just kind of moving around on camera and kind of let me see your acting chops, see what you can do. So I kind of just sent her a general like audition of me talking and, and different things. And uh, she ended up talking to um, the, the series is based off of a book series called The Hunting Series by Elizabeth St. John, who actually lives in Oklahoma. Uh, books are on mm. Amazon. They're all over the place. She's written several different books series besides that. So she collaborated with her because that's her sister, and she wanted to – she always runs by um, people that she's thinking about for certain roles because it was Elizabeth's world that she created, you know, basically. So she showed my picture, showed the audition, and and then they both all of a sudden at the same time said he's perfect for this role. Um, and I can't name the role because it's a it's a spoiler um, if I say what it is. It's uh, Mystery Man is all it's called right now, actually. So pretty much just uh, reaching out and showing my interest in the project and then auditioning. That's how I got on board with this one. And I'll tell you what, it was the best, best thing that I ever did. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, I think you're one of the first guests we've had that's had multiple projects happening at one shot. Nice. So that, that's, wow. that's, that's pretty cool. It, it's Man, I feel honored. I feel honored. Thank you. And that's fun thing to hear <laughs> appreciate yeah, it yeah and that one that one's right up my alley that'll be very yeah. interesting i'll have to check it out yeah it's um i always think of it as like a mix of because there's there are some elements to it that are there are some erotic elements to it um some bloodshed and some like dramatic so yeah i mean like you like i was saying i think the fans that love true blood are really mm-hmm really gonna love this i mean but it's it's different because it has its own life to it it's a different story but it's kind of along the same guidelines if you catch what i'm drift so yeah i think i think you'll like it if you kind of like true blood and try up your alley so this would be a great show to watch or to eat uh buffalo wings with oh yeah yeah definitely too (laughs) um but definitely definitely if you watch true blood you definitely know it's not for kids (laughs) Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not yeah. for kids. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did how did you get involved in acting uh, in general? Ah. Well, let's see. I didn't actually find acting until uh, my mid thirties. Actually, surprisingly, but um, when I was a kid um, growing up in Southern Indiana, I was an only child, 
And from the before I could walk, um, I just I loved watching movies. I mean, I watch them constantly. And I still do today, which I mean, it gets on people's nerves sometimes, but, you know, whatever. Um, but, um, you know, and then as I got a little older, I kind of would start to try to mimic what I saw on, on the on the TV. And, uh, you know, depending on what it was, it was on there. It could be good or bad, you know, because if it was like a rated R film, which, you know, back then that was a that was very risque, you know. But nowadays it's like very watered down, like 80s rated R stuff. Um, yeah, because <laughs> you can watch like a old Stallone film that's rated R and you watch something that's rated R nowadays and it's like, oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> but growing up in uh, southern Indiana, there um, there wasn't as much opportunities in the um, the 80s or 90s to do really any like major acting uh, back then. So I kind of just just kind of uh, completely just put it by, and behind me, basically like, OK, you know, I need to kind of figure out something to do so i uh, just basically lived in every regular life um you ended up getting married having kids and then 2015 we moved out here and then there was a auditions uh, i think it was what was it december of 2016 or january it might have been january 20 uh, 2016 actually is what it was um there was auditions for a local play in norman um i said why not i'll give it a shot you know i always had a fear of stage fright growing up and i'm like i need to get over this because it's about time um so i decided to audition for it and ended up getting a kind of a smaller supporting role um and then did that and as soon as the show was over with we got applause it was just like an uh, acting bug just bit me the adrenaline rush everything else i loved it and then later that year, I didn't do anything else until December. And then I was in my first film as a background extra in a local film. And just like that, I loved it so much that I just went balls to the wall, nonstop, constantly ever since. And uh, there's times where I've had to remind myself to slow down, to uh, spend time with the kids. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what, finding acting at 35, man, it's uh, been the greatest thing ever. And I'm 39 now, so it's been at it for a little bit. Okay. Oh, that's great. That sounds very cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. It's been a lot of blast, a lot of fun, a lot of new cool people meeting on sets. What's been one of your favorite set stories? Hmm. Oh, I always will remember this. And because um, there's these, um, these kids that I worked with and um, they're out in LA actually going to a really good film school. Um, they're um, in their early 20s. Their name is Austin and Colton Warren, and um, they helped start a, a local uh, production company in Oklahoma called Three Egos Film. And um, there was a short film that they needed a person on, and of course I loved working with them, and I played a corpse before. So I was like, okay, they want me to play a corpse again. Okay. So basically I played this uh, bandit that didn't really say anything. Um, but it gets shot at the beginning, like in the dark in my scene. And so I came out there in the day and we didn't shoot that till later that night. So this was like in March in Oklahoma back a couple years ago. And so my part basically had to lay on the ground dead while this other actor, um, had to, um, pretend like he was digging a hole. Okay. So I was going to get buried. So then the next part, which was, I, I look back now and laugh at it, but at the time, I had to lay into a very, very shallow, watery grave. And it was out in the country, so the water they were using was cold. So I had to – they already laid water in, in the grave, okay? 
So I had to get down there and lay with water that was down there already. And it was like, I don't know, maybe 60s outside. And the water felt like it was in the 50s. Um, And so I I had to. We're we're talking Oklahoma 60s. Yes. Um, now, the, when the sun was out, it was like the high 60s, so it wasn't so bad. But when we started to get to that point where I had to lay in the shower, shower, you know, the shallow part, it was like, you know, getting around like four o'clock in the evening, five o'clock. So the water was coming up above my shoulders. And, and then they had to pour some more on top of me because the top half of my body had to be wet, too. So in between takes, I was shivering. And so, and then whenever they said action, I had to hold perfectly still like I was a dead corpse. And, um, and so that right there was, I always look about it and I'm like, I love you guys so much that I'm willing to sit in this watery gray for y'all just because of how amazing you all work for. And, uh, and and then the final part that we had to do before um, we took a break so I could go inside, clean up and unfreeze. Um, was I had to sit on the ground. It was like a dream sequence to where I had to sit on the ground and they took this muddy water in a bucket and just poured it on top of me. And I had to pretend like oh. I was like in this, like this, like dream sequence where it was like the best thing in the world. And, and it was quite frigid. Um, <laughs> it was, and, and it was I'm, I'm going to guess what normal, um, normal Oklahoma winter not only is it 60, but you have a 15, 20 mile an hour wind going as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely, um, it can be a chilling experience or it can be a warm experience. It just depends. But, uh, but no, I mean, I would go back and do it a hundred times over again for those guys. Cause they were, they were amazing directors and, and film producers and, uh, they're, those kids are going to go pretty far. So, I mean, that, that was a really cool, um, a very cool experience doing that for them just because I would, um, I would do it again in a heartbeat um, at any time. It was a, it was a blast though. I mean, it really was. Um, And then there was another time where I had to play another corpse. Um, Thank God I didn't get typecasted as that because I mean, you get to lay down the job, but I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, (laughs) I had to lay on the ground in in hot sun and um, it it got to the point. I, I was really wanting to do this so well. So, I would lay out there and even in between takes, I didn't move, you know, I would kind of take breaths, whatever. So I laid out there and I had hair at the point at that time, which is hard to believe I actually had hair. Um, <laughs> and, and so it was like a couple hours laying out there too. And uh, this was like in May, almost June. Um, so I laid there on the gravel and the dirt um, and they did the sequence and I played this guy that ended up getting um, shot and killed. And, uh, at one point, they were like, you know, like, oh, man, Dale's just laying there just doing a perfect job, whatever. And then they seen these ants kind of crawl up to me, and they are like, hey, man, you got ants near me, ants near you, whatever. And I was like, can somebody kick them away, please? So then they finally did. They finally started kicking them away because I afraid I was going to get bit. Um, but um, and then the next day or whatever, I had a red lobster face. It was horrible. Oh. But, uh, huh. but, yeah, it was it was uh, really – but, yeah, it was – it was uh, when I look back at it now, it was like a really good experience. But the day after, oh my God, that was like the being inside air conditioning was the worst because it literally, I had the shivers, I had the chills. It was like the not the best experience afterwards, you know, the next day. But um, it was one of those two that um, it was a filmmaker that I really loved and worked with. And uh, I would go through it a million times again just because um, I truly enjoyed working with them. And um, 
sometimes it just goes to show you as an actor some of the stuff that you will go to, the extremes you will go to 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 make a scene work. Now, when you wanted to get into acting, did you ever have any clue that you'd have to go through things like that? To be honest, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> you know, um, you, you look at you look in a, like a film or something, and um, you know, like if you're sitting there, like and it's a scene to where you see people outside in the sun and you're thinking like you're sitting in like an air conditioning theater or heated theater and you're like enjoying it. And you're like, Oh man, that would be really cool. And then like you get situations to where like we've been on um, sets to where we were filming, let's say like a, a June day and it's like 30 degrees outside. And so you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and you're having to pretend like you're like, like, Oh man, it's hot out here. Whoo. You know, and then they have to <laughs> sprinkle like this water on you and stuff. And so in your mind, like right before the action, you're like, Oh, you son of a gun, you break water on me. And then action like, Oh my God, it's so hot. I wish it was so cold out here, you know? And <laughs> Or then it could be the exact opposite to where um, it could be a hundred degrees outside and you're having to wear a coat because you're pretending like it's like, 20 degrees outside but you're like uh, sitting out there you're like it's so cold and in between your takes you're like get this damn thing off of me um so no um i honestly didn't know until i started getting acting that you you could be filming um uh, a scene for a, a movie that's supposed to be in winter during the summer i mean you don't know i mean it's but yeah it's it's at the time you may be kind of miserable but i mean it's one of those things to where you look back on it and you're like man that was a lot of fun even though it sucked it was great because i i it was it was going through all that and i always look at that too with film sets um being on a film set for 10 to 12 hours um it i love doing what i do and so i wouldn't trade all the early wake-ups or staying up late the during the cold weather during the hot summer uh getting wet in shallow graves i wouldn't trade any of that because that's a lot of, I, I love what i do i love creating magical movie history and so it's definitely one of those things that's rewarding even during the toughest times oh that's great that's very cool um outside of the three projects you're the two that you're about to work on and, and hunting Jessica, uh, what's been one of your favorite projects that you've done uh, from your past? Hmm. Man, that is a really, really tough one, actually. Um, there was a cool one, actually, that I did. Uh, it was a, um, a student film. They had to do it for their capstone because it, like at OU or OCCC, which is uh, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Oklahoma City Community College. Um okay. They a lot of the film students to uh, the they go through a filmmaking course or whatever to um, to complete like let's say their um, their senior year or whatever um, they have to do a capstone project to where they have to basically go through the whole process of the filmmaking where they actually have to get the script written and then they have to gather actors and make the film and edit it and stuff and then present it uh, in the classroom to uh, a bunch of like elder uh, not elders gosh. Um, appears and then also to the professor and stuff and so i've been on a couple different ones and and they're all really cool and this one that i did was probably about a year ago um it was a western that a, a, a student filmmaker was making and in that he had basically he had a few people that were in that um but they cast me as like this this guy that um came showed up on horseback to the lead and and basically i was kind of like a, a pretending like you know uh, i guess i was an outlaw on it and uh so that what was cool about that is I'd never ridden horseback before. 
And, and I didn't really like do any like major, like fast horseback riding. It was just basically like walking the horse or whatever, riding on it. And, um, so I got a quick, uh, uh, crash course in it, um, by somebody actually knew the thing about horses on set. Uh, so I got to actually learn how to like make the horse go forward, uh, how to make it back up, how to turn it, um, how to make it stop the different maneuvers like that. And so, um, and my character got on the horse and did a lot of that that day. And so, um, but it was really cool because, um, I got to play a, a character that got on and off the horse, actually maneuvered it, um, had to show different range of emotions. Um, also had to you know, syndicate, like getting like, really like I was having some health issues, uh, and then also having to, once again, play a corpse, um, which, and you know what, people need to be corpses every once in a while, but, um, <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun because um I, and it was a western too which i mean god playing in westerns is awesome man and so but i got to learn how to ride a horse that day so i think that was really cool so i got a question since you said you you've played a lot of corpses um do you find that to be stiff work <laughs> <laughs> well you know i always feel guilty because on, on those projects where i'm the corpse i always feel like i'm a bunch of dead weight but you know it's just uh kind of you know what can i say laying down on the job you know um and uh do they ever come yeah. up to you and wake you up from a dead sleep you know there was a time i came close to going to sleep actually <laughs> um but yeah dead sleep yeah that was a good one by the way I, I, i'm trying uh, i'm trying to come up with some more <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage him. <laughs> oh, don't encourage him? Oh, you know, well, you know, that's until I got my coffee that morning. I felt like a damn uh, zombie, but, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are great. Uh, <laughs> puns. I love them. I love them. I know. I do, too. <laughs> Then I get, I get accused on another show that the two of us are on of doing too many dad jokes. Oh, no. Like I'm, a, I'm a dad. I got to. It's a requirement. Oh, no. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And my, my 17-year-old actually, me and him compete about the puns, about the puns. And it's enough to drive some people crazy. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Really, Brennan? Seriously? And he's I, like, oh, I know. That's funny. I, I, <laughs> I grew up with it as well. And usually it's one of my kickers when people say, can we bring this to an end and be all right, I'll stop the punishment. <laughs> uh, that's one of my go-to killers. Uh, <laughs> argument droppers. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll stop the punishment. <laughs> yeah, that is, that would, that would work. <laughs> so, but now with the quarantine, uh, all my dad jokes are inside jokes. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I'm sure those definitely um, – I'm sure those wear on people after a while, but, man, they're so much fun to keep doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes my inside jokes with my daughter, they're over her head. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Oh, my God. Like, what are you talking about? Nothing went over your head. Don't worry about <laughs> no, she, yeah. she catches a lot of them. I just get really? the eye rolls from – she's 10, and I'll get the eye rolls like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. she does, man. You, you know, secretly, she probably loves it, but she's just got to do the eye roll thing. Like, are you serious? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
what's been one of the biggest projects you've worked on uh, as um, an independent actor? Or as we've had a, another guest say, not really independent actor, but blue collar actor. I like Which, that better. I like, I like I like that phrase. So try and incorporate yeah. that when mm. we can. I, I like that. Um, you know, um, I think probably the, the biggest project um, so far, it, it was between two of them. Um, Hunting Jessica was probably one of the biggest ones so far that I've been in. Um, there was a project I did in Illinois called Hunter A. And um, that one, I didn't have like a main role. I, I mean, I had a pretty decent role in it. I played an army colonel in that one. And um, uh, it was like a, kind of one of these like horror sci-fi things that um, this main character, whatever, I guess, wakes up without a memory. But all these like hellish creatures have taken over like earth and it's like post-apocalyptic type thing. And, um, my character's like an army colonel that's kind of over this certain area. And, um, but this guy has to like, he goes through and he has to fight these different, um, demons or whatever. And so my character just gets a little bit of on-screen time, but it was still for a, um, a project that's probably going to get distributed all over the place. It was, um, it was a pretty significant role in that. Um, but, this hunting Jessica is probably going to be the biggest one so far just because of the potential it has to. Um, I mean, if it takes off like True Blood did, I mean, we could be looking at Because how much was True Blood? Was it nine seasons? Uh, give me a second. Oh, look. Mm, I can't remember how many nine seasons. Nine or True ten. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, something I mean, like I, that. Yeah. I mean, even if it was just four or five would be absolutely wonderful, man. But um, so, yeah, I mean, mm. so far, those have probably been the two biggest. Um, but there is – there is one coming up in August, which will actually be my biggest role because it'll be a lead role, uh, which will be really exciting. Um, which I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you guys about that one before this or not. The uh, the religious one. Did I mention that one? Yeah. Uh, no. By the way, True Blood went seven seasons. Seven. Okay. See, I was wrong. Oh, okay. I, I went huh. nine. Okay, but seven seasons was pretty good. With that, by the way. Which, speaking of that, I actually here recently I've been on Apple TV. I've been binge watching it. Um, uh, I've already watched it all the way through once before, but I'm already up to up season five already within like three days. So, um, yeah, I used to enjoy that show. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I think it's cool that um, HBO is released a lot of their series on uh, some of their big series for free to watch at the moment. Oh, I know. Like, uh, after this is over, I got to go back and watch game of Thrones again. Um, mm. have to, see, I, didn't, show. I didn't know. I didn't see game of Thrones in the, in the freebies that they're offering. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, I thought it was, but maybe I'm gonna have to check that out now, but yeah, if it's not freebie, I'm, I'm not going to pay to watch it again. I mean, I love the show, but uh, I'm not going to pay to watch that again. Uh, no, Sopranos is on there. Yeah, Sopranos is what I was thinking of. I'm sorry, not Game of Thrones, but yeah, Sopranos, which yeah. I mean, you can't, then, um, can't, yeah. And then um, through April 19th, uh, Showtime and Epics has been running their their channels for free on on the cable network I have. Oh, oh really? So, yeah, on, uh, I have Spectrum. So oh, I, I've been, for, for about a month now, I've had... Uh, Showtime and, and Epics for free. Oh, oh that's wow. awesome. So I, I finally got to see. I heard about it a little and was curious. Finally got to watch the Lovelace film uh, called Lovelace about Linda Lovelace. And it's oh, a little bit of uh, oh, yeah. the autobiography documentary. Well, yeah, it's almost like a, a biography film. It, it, I had heard some of the stories. 
Yeah. But just to see a lot of it played out, I was like, okay, this is wild what she went through. Wow. It, it wow. really was. It it was absolutely wild. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to see if I can see that. Yeah, because I, I heard some wild stories about uh, after people watching that. Like, I didn't realize that she went through all the stuff that she did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her, her first husband was just a an idiot. Damn. So, Mm-mm. yeah, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. Wow. I'll have to check that out then. So, um, what, I'm trying to think what else. I had a couple other questions. I'm going going blank. It happens. Trust me. I, I get blanks all the time. Like, hey, where are my pants? <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, that's what I was supposed to put on. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. But you know, I, I've been I've been home for well for over um... a month. I, I forgot to put my. No, I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing pants. Hey, you know, so surprisingly I am, but you know, it'd be awkward if my kids were here and I didn't have pants on. That'd just be like really awkward. So Yeah, that, would. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> yeah, I know, buddy. <laughs> um so you talked about um learning learning to ride a horse a little bit and stuff. Is there anything else that that uh acting has helped you with? Um yeah, I mean, um, acting has definitely, um, it's helped me with, um, well, like with different plays or whatever, or even voice acting, uh, having to learn different dialects, like uh, ways of talking. And then um, of just, um, because before you, I acted, you know, about intonation and um, the way you say stuff, because you can see a film, but then when you're getting on camera or whatever, um just you know saying stuff a certain way um because you could go on there and say like hey you know i got the orange today it was great you know sound like nothing you know against ben stein or whatever because i loved him as an actor and everything else but <laughs> that monotone ben stein welcome to ben stein's money um i remember that show <laughs> oh, yeah i do too great. yeah but then then go on there you know like you know like like hey you know i went and got the orange man it was really cool you know like, oh, my God, I got the orange, you know, so you can just like um, the different ways you can you can change, like how you say it can change how the story is going, because you may have to say something where you're like, oh, I got the orange today, you know, really, really angry. Or you can be like, oh, my God, I got the orange today, you know, something uh, <laughs> but it can completely change how um, how it's coming out. So it's definitely taught me about um, uh, portraying your emotions. Um, and it's also kind of a good therapy um, because um, mm. going in, in acting, um, you can definitely like if you're playing a bad guy, um, it's definitely a great way to get your uh, your irritation and aggravation out if you're playing like a really like mean character. And uh, and then it's OK because you're you're getting paid or you're supposed to be playing that character like a, you know, like complete bad guy, you know, and it's like uh, it could be a lot of fun sometimes. So it's. It definitely has had its pros, uh, being an actor and all kind of cool things I've learned. I don't think I don't think a lot of people realize that, but acting can be therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, it really, really can. I mean, 
and not just because of the character you can play, but you honestly have to teach yourself how to control your emotions. And um, and on, on the reverse side, too, if you're playing a character that there's a role that you're playing that is really deep emotionally, sometimes it takes you a couple days to come out of that role. Like, you could be playing a character that mm. has to visualize losing somebody. And... And so you're having to live that life out like, I can't believe I just lost this person. And you could be emotionally drawn, like, like drained for a couple of days later. But um, it really challenges you to look deep down inside yourself and kind of figure out who you are. And but, yeah, it um, it definitely can uh, be very therapeutic in a sense just to, to be able to go out there and express yourself in ways to where you may not be able to. What type of projects do you want to take on in in the future? You know, I would, um, one of the things I love to do, um, I played a, in a very small project. It was for a competition. I played a, a mob boss for like a slapstick mob comedy. But um, I would honestly like to play like a head of a mob, like a, a gangster, like family in a gangster film or something. That would be my next big project I would love to do. But um Honestly, just um, I would love to play like in a an action film or a even like a um, even a superhero film. Play like um, play like a, a bad guy, like a lead bad guy in there that um, just completely causes wrecks, you know, chaos and havoc. But um, also is just a, a you know is what am I what am I trying to go with this? Um, there's a life to that person rather than just kind of the um, the, that the fact they're like, hey, they're a baddie. Um, but just, you know, something like that, just something really cool. But, um, you know, I um, but I think a mob, a head of a mob family, like in a gangster film, would be the, the project that would be a dream project for me, honestly. I bet you could have some fun with that. Oh, yeah. I grew up, my mom grew up back uh, when I was growing up. My mom, I'd watch like The Godfather and Scarface and Goodfellas and just different films like that and um so it was always seeing like marlon brando playing the head of the family and the and um the godfather and it was just like you know that would be so cool to play the head of a mob family it really would Mm. yeah i can see that yeah oh yeah that would be a blast (laughs) Uh, or um Man, I'll tell you one character that I had, uh, speaking of bad guys, um, Vincent, um, and I can't remember, I hate that I forget his last name, but he played the Kingpin. And also in uh, the Afternoon. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> seeing him play um, like Kingpin and whatever, and I was like, you know, I would love it if like um, somebody else ever had to portray the Kingpin, you know? Um, of course, I'm only five foot ten, so I don't know how that would work, but. Um, I don't even know how the height of the kingpin was, to be honest. I know he was kind of a bigger guy, but um, playing a role like that would be awesome. It really would, um, just because of the in-depthness with the evilness of that person, but also the fact that they're still a real person and they still have emotions. They still have a life. They still have weaknesses, vulnerabilities, but they're still like this completely like evil person, but but still deep down there, they're a real person. Yeah. Well, that that is what makes the best villain. 
villains. It's deep down, they have something. You know, they they're they're real people inside, and they just they just do evil things. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I loved about all the the villains I've seen played. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, like well, like you know, like saying the Kingpin. You know, like when 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 Vincent played him. I mean, you saw the deep down like vulnerability he had, and uh, and then even when um, I can't even think of the next comparison, like of another good villain. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the best villains are the ones that, yeah, they're evil, but you can kind of see that there's a life about them. And right. I like the villains too, that you, you hate, but you also feel for them. Like um, they may have started out one way and then they went down a different path. And it's almost like, wow, you know, I really hate that guy, but I feel for what he went through. That would be yeah. the fun villain to play right there. Something that, People, yeah, they may hate your guts, the character you're playing, but they truly feel for maybe what you went through or or whatever. So, yeah, I think that would be a blast. That's like um, the villain Black a Killmonger. Yes. Yeah. He, he, uh, I mean, you know, he wants to, the things he does are bad. But if you really think about it, it's like, yeah, he kind of makes sense in a way in the things he's saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, that was a good comparison right there because, you know, overall, I mean, what he did or whatever in that film, he was like, oh, that was horrible. But his intentions and what he was going through and feeling, it was like, wow, that was very deep. Well, it's like, Derek, what we talked about over on Wookiee Radio uh, the other night, Dooku's the same way. Yeah. Uh, Count Dooku in Star Wars. I mean, here he is, the villain. But what he's talking about was almost... You know, he was siding. He was siding on the right side. With, yeah, with his views. Well, it, yeah, you know, yeah, that's uh, that's actually about right. And um, another one of my favorite uh, villains, um, you know, Star Wars universe is Vader. Um, yeah. And you know, when you when you seen Episode Four, I mean, you truly didn't realize how in depth the, the what he went through. I mean, yeah, transformed to the dark side or whatever and everything else, but. The in-depthness of that character just with the fact that so full of hatred and rage, but, you know, for, for reasons, you know, out of fear. And uh, and so, it, but, um, but yeah, with Dooku, but, but yeah, his stance on that, it's like, wow. Because at first you're like, you know what? But then it actually makes sense the more you've, like, read on, the more you've watched on it. It's like, yeah, that his stance on that, yeah, he believed it was true and he believed it was right. And it's just mm. amazing. It's amazing the indefiniteness of that. Yeah. It, it, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, characters like that are great. I mean, I don't think there's a villain that has come close to, to Vader. Oh I'm just God. knowing how evil they are as soon as he doesn't even say a word, just barely takes a step on set or on screen. And it's like, Okay, this guy is bad. <laughs> and then on top of it, you have in the voice of James Earl Jones playing the, the uh, Vader right there, and it's like, oh man, that really has to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, definitely. Come to the dark side, Luke. You know, you just can't. <laughs> and I think he's still even in the um, the um, what's the last film that they had the voice Rogue of Vader in that? Well, yeah, that's right. They even had him doing the voice of that in there too, I believe, didn't they? Yes. Yep. That's right. Okay. I could never picture anybody else doing 
the voice of Vader. I just, I can't, it just, it just wouldn't, wouldn't work. I wouldn't think. No, not unless yeah, you get a really good voice impersonator. You could, I mean, it could be done, but still not, you know, the same, but, um, yeah, there'll be, there still will be something missing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, Oh, speaking of villains to the dark side. Oh my God. <laughs> that still gives me chills to this day. Just hearing that. It's just, it's, uh, one of the reasons I always was uh, with star Wars was Vader was my dude, man. Just for, he was so evil, but so misunderstood. You cannot escape your destiny. <laughs> I love that. You guys got that. You got the players there. That's awesome, man. I love it. And I like the Wookiee part in there. You talking about the other day because that was probably my far my favorite Star Wars character was Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, guys. The sound effects. That's great, man. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Chewie was a character. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Don't run away from your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so what we, we've got the two that we've talked about. Is there, uh, that are future projects? Is there anything else coming after that? Actually, uh, yes, there is. Um, there is, and this one, I kind of mentioned religious film earlier, and that's what this one's coming up. Um, it's called uh, Faith Restored. And, um, you know, it's um, basically, I'm playing the lead in this thing, which is, this is the first time I ever played a lead in a, in a, in a feature film. So it's it's kind of exciting, but very nervous at the same time, because it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to be the main person in that film. It's like, holy crap. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, but basically, my character is a minister that, um, through some so through some tragic events, he actually loses his faith and his religion, and uh, and then by some some basically miraculous thing, he ends up getting transported back to the very first Easter, um, basically up until leading up to the crucifixion, and um, so he kind of witnesses some things that happen and. Through that process, um, maybe hopefully he'll find his uh, faith again in that. And, um, you know, you can say a lot. I know um, a lot of controversy with, with religious films and some people that are completely against, you know, religion and stuff. But um, I honestly think that story itself, because it's a full of a lot of drama, a lot of meaning that even people that aren't religious will be able to get something out of it because it's even about somebody that's lost their belief in something or – like, you know, like say you were in an axe car accident and you lost the ability to walk and you pretty much want to give up hope. But then you find some reason to find a way to walk again and you're able to do it. Even something like that, I think anybody can get a take out of that of in the hopeless of situations where you think everything is hopeless. There's always a way to try to find a way to get through it and overcome it. So I think mm. that even people that aren't religious would actually enjoy this film as well. Mm. But, uh, That's a good take. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, because, I mean, it, it's entertainment, too. Um, some people, it's more than that. But, I mean, it's it's entertainment as well. And um, that's due to film in August is when it starts. And it's going to film both in Oklahoma and in Texas. There's actually a town in Texas, Weatherford, Texas, if I'm correct, that they actually have set up to where it's 
back during like the older like biblical times. Um, they filmed other stuff out there too. I think they've even filmed like a, a a Christian film out there before. But they actually have like this tomb where Jesus is in there for three days and then he resurrects. Um, that actually has like the the stone thing on the front is actually remote control, so it actually will like move on its own, you know. And uh, the director yeah. joked with me one time, saying like, "Yeah, we're gonna make you stuck in there with Will. Will's playing Jesus, and we're gonna make sure we like make sure you guys eat like a bunch of like you know pork and beans or something before we like shut you in there, and then <laughs> you guys are stuck in there. You know, it's like, come on, let me out, man. Jesus, you're supposed to be dead, man. Don't don't pass me out here. I'm gonna be dead too." <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the uh, her, her and her mom they're uh, gina burr and joy burr they actually wrote the script and are actually directing it they're they're pretty funny they're big into the church but they've got their sense of humor can be so twisted sometimes and that i think that's great because <laughs> they're um they're the type that are, are just they're <laughs> they're not afraid to have a good time you know so it's uh it's, it's going to be a fun one to be on and uh how I landed that one. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And before you probably ask how I landed that one, because I have a feeling that's probably coming up, um, is um, <laughs> I'm just taking a guess. Uh, <laughs> and we could be um, working our way there. Yeah, you could if you could have. Um, I thought I'd go ahead and mention it anyways. Um, no, they um, they had a table read um, because a lot of uh, – you know, Oklahoma, a lot of us are really close and actors and everything else. And uh, they had had uh, a few of us that they were friends with, whatever, actually do a table read to go over the script, to read it and kind of give them an idea of, hey, do we need to change something? And so they designate everybody for a certain part in there to read. So we were sitting down and I got designated to read the, the role of the lead character. And um, granted, originally the character was in his middle 50s, which – even though I got gray, I, I don't look 50, hopefully not. Um, but um, they had me read it. And the time we were doing the table read, I was going through some bad stuff in my life. And um, and so I was really feeling what this guy was going through. I mean, it was heart-wrenching. And so when I was reading that, it was I was able to read that part really well and react to it the way I needed to. And her and her mom just were like, you know, I, I think we found the perfect – Part, perfect person for the role so then they came and talked to me and said hey we think you're going to be a really good fit for uh, Chris the lead in there so would you want to go ahead and play it and I'm like absolutely I would be honored to play lead in your film so that's kind of how that kind of came to me it was just they liked the way I read it and had me they also had me audition too um, and they really liked the way I uh, performed for it and so I got cast as first lead in a big feature which is really really cool yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. It's very cool. Thank you. Um, and it sounds sounds like a project you can really get behind too. Yeah, absolutely. They're, um, I think they're getting ready to start up another Indigo campaign for that. They had one going for a while, but um, things kind of slowed down with the COVID nineteen, and so I think they're mm-hmm. getting ready to try to start up another one to try to raise funds. They're um, they're hoping that. They would like to get theatrical release for it, but um, I know they're definitely wanting to try to get seen to, to churches all over the country, obviously, since it's a religious film. But um, I'm sure they're going to try to get DVD release or some some form to where anybody can see it. So um, we'll uh, definitely see how that goes with getting funds raised and everything else for it. Okay. So with, 
with the acting group that you guys have there in Oklahoma, is y'all's uh, not motto. Um, is, is like, do y'all use the phrase "We're gonna be acting sooner or later"? <laughs> that was pretty good. Sooner, yeah, I like that. That was that was a good pun. I actually caught that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and surprisingly, I'm surprised nobody has actually mentioned that yet. I, I actually, I'm probably sure somebody has, has said sooner or later. You know, uh, <laughs> we're gonna get all twisted up into it and everything else too. You know, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. I never actually thought about that. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> you are the king of puns. I swear. That's that's pretty good. I try. <laughs> right now, I got oh, nothing boy. else to do. Hey, why not? Right. <laughs> so, um, where can people find you online? Um, they can find me. Um, three different places really um for pretty much my old filmography imdb of course is the best place to find most people which not everything gets put on there i mean uh, obviously if some projects don't have an imdb page or anything else i mean it is on like Freddy versus jason dreamscape um i don't think they have an, a, an imdb thing on there so that won't be seen on there but um it's under dale Neehouse is how you can find me on there um facebook it's Dale Aney House. I had to put the A in there because my dad's a senior, so he's Dale Neyhouse as well. So um, obviously he's got a full head of white hair, and I have no hair on top of my head. Um, <laughs> but we kind of we kind of look the same, so it's you know, I guess it's not a bad thing. You know, he's not not a bad looking dude. But um, and then um, on Instagram, it's kind of the motto I live by. Um, my tag on there, my name on Instagram is helping others is the greatest. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, so that's the three places you guys can uh, find me on, on social media. Awesome. Well, thank Very you for cool. thank you for uh, joining us tonight for the show. Uh, thank you. We had a great time. It was a blast, guys. I um like with all podcasts I've been on here. Um, I would be honored if you guys would ever have me back on because this was a lot of fun. This was a blast. I mean, well, I was, I was, the fact you, I was going to say yeah. anytime right. you want to come back on, especially when uh, Dreamscape comes up. If you want to bring some of those guys on with you, be more than happy to bring, you know, have you back on again. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, get get in touch with me afterwards because, because um, like the, the, the Blake Best, he's the award-winning offer. He's, he's pretty much a knowledge, a bank of knowledge about Freddie, uh, or, uh, yeah, about Freddie. And uh, so the stuff he's written, he's been to conventions. He got props from, um, I think the third film he's got, whatever film, I think it was number three to where Freddie's arms extended down the hallway. Was that, I think it was number three. Sounds right. It's either three or four. uh, I think so. Yeah. He's got those. Actually, he's got that prop that he'll actually break out at conventions. He's actually got the long extended arms that he'll break out. Wow. uh, But I'll tell you what, I will definitely mention to those guys that, um, if they would like to come on and talk about the show, um, I'll definitely let them know because those, they would they'll definitely be able to tell, especially Cody, who's been he's he's had his father and grandfather. I think were involved in film before. And uh, his father, I believe, played in Delta Force, Two in like a small scene. And oh, um, very cool. Like, I think when Chuck Norris is coming in the room and then his father is the first one that comes through the door or whatever, that doesn't say any lines. I think that was his father actually played that. So. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'll definitely mention to him about um, coming on to your show and uh, 
I'm sure they'd love to talk about the film and different other things going on too. Same same thing with hunting Jessica. I would love yeah, I would love to have you come back on. We can when you can actually tell us about your role in hunting Jessica. Well, yeah, definitely. Like I said, when it comes out and everybody can see what my character is, then I'll definitely be able to talk about the coolness of him. Oh, and, uh, and like I just said, bring them along too. Let's, let's have oh, fun yeah. with everyone. We'll do a whole hunting Jessica episode. Oh, trust me. I'll mention right. it to my director, uh, Lisa, for sure. And uh, I'm sure she'd be more than honored to um, come onto a podcast and talk about the series for sure. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to see that one. Of course. Absolutely, guys. Definitely. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we got only one more question to ask, and that sure. is... Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Two, four, niner, five.